Hello, welcome to Lazada Insider, featuring knowledge to makes a difference. We share trusted insights, forward-looking perspectives, and exclusive expert interviews to keep you ahead of the curve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lazada Insider Earth Day special series. I'm your host, Kisi from Lazada. With sustainability becoming a more widely recognized concept, businesses that want to adopt sustainable practices are often finding it challenging to implement them. What can be done to bridge that gap? Today, we are glad to have Paul, Sustainability and Innovation Lead from Palo IT, and Carolyn, founder of Sasgain, here to share their insights on how companies can make a successful, sustainable transformation. Welcome both. Hi, Hello. thank you very much. Happy to be here. Before we begin, could you let our audience know more about you? Paul, would you like to go first? Sure, I work for Paolo IT. We are a global innovation transformation consultancy and agile software development company. So uh, our core uh, purpose is embracing tech as a force for good. Uh, we help clients uh, innovate, transform and build technology in order to, to change their internal culture, processes and products to services. Um, I'm a uh, sustainability and innovation lead, so driving our sustainability offering internally, um, maximizing the impact that we can have with our clients in supporting, coaching, consulting their transformation with sustainability, as well as connecting across community and ecosystem on the on the subject of sustainability in general. Great, Caroline. Yes, sure. Hi, I'm Caroline. Um, I run a B Corp certified social enterprise called Sasgain, and we have created an app that focuses on driving sustainable behavior change. So our gamified Sasgain Rewards app can help you to practice more eco and socially conscious lifestyle habits. And we also work a lot with corporates and schools to support their green efforts in running customized sustainability programs and also measure the impact created. That sounds fantastic. So, Carolyn, what is sustainable transformation and why is it important? Yeah, so, well, by now, now I guess we all know that um, we have major environmental and social issues. And so most of us also agree that something needs to be done, right? But what we struggle with is really the what and the how. So my definition of sustainable transformation would be looking into how can we run our business in a more sustainable way and what are the little things or the low-hanging fruits we can get started with. So to give you an example, if you're an SME in the, let's say, dropshipping uh, business, you might ask yourself, what suppliers are we working with? Which materials are we using? How are our goods being packaged? Is there a way to shorten supply routes, et cetera, right? And of course, depending on the nature of the SME you're working in, um, these questions may be different. But in general, we will always look into what's the impact of your business on, first of all, carbon footprint, the waste that's being created and how it's managed, and its social and community impact. So in a nutshell, these three areas are essentially the definition of sustainability, right? Um, also, when we look at transformation um, at Saskin, we, for us, we are working a lot with the different stakeholders, the individuals, SMEs, MNCs, NGOs, and our 
our role would be to put them back into the driving seat and connecting them with each other so that it's easier to um, to you know like start collaboration and to look at what are the little easy to implement steps that can contribute to reducing waste, becoming more carbon conscious and looking after our community. Great, great. So it's indeed important, you know, to take the very first step for, for every company. So, so Paul, what triggers the sustainable transformation for Palo IT and some of your clients? Okay, triggers. So I might start also, you know, looking at transformation generally, um, having mm-hmm. supported organizations with uh, change and transformation for close to two decades. And mm-hmm. it all, often comes back to this essence of uh, strategically changing the status quo. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, more of a radical update to uh, a paradigm shift, you know, not just a little bit of learning or changing around the edges. Sometimes this uh, this visage, um, you know, image of a butterfly transforming, you know, is, is used. So it's actually change internal and out, outernal. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of organizations, there can be a mix of push and pull factors. So pushing away from a problem or a pain point and pulling towards an opportunity or a gain. And I think, you know, as Caroline articulated, a sustainability agenda with so many challenges, social, mm-hmm. environmental, and economic um there's a lot of you know various factors with various triggers mm-hmm. that are kind of coming together and creating a real uh, need for this so for paulo it actually the company was founded uh, largely out of the agility movement business agility and tech agility movement which was based on very human-centric values for greater collaboration mm-hmm. uh, autonomy of you know small teams innovation continuous learning and so uh around six years ago uh, the company updated its mission statement so again it went for a radical change to say we want to be focused focus purely on tech as a force for good um, and there's various things you know we've done on our own internal transformation and then supporting clients with that also i think um there's such a strong burning platform for change, you could say, with the environmental challenge. So that is a key driver, you know, reducing carbon. We've just recently seen the latest IPCC report, um, you know, come out and put extra emphasis. If there hasn't been enough emphasis already, you know, we need to reduce carbon emissions by 45 to 50 percent by 2030. And so this is a key driver for a lot of organizations. Um, but the science also shows that we have nine planetary boundaries and climate change is just one of them. So, you know, biodiversity, clean water, uh, pollution, these are all drivers, you know, social change, uh, fair and just kind of social systems are putting a lot of emphasis. So generally we see consumer pressure um, increasingly. Okay, it varies a little bit depending on region, but this is an increasing trend. Consumers are, are willing to pay more money for sustainable products. That's increasing globally. Uh, consumers are putting more pressures on companies and brands to actually lead the way, to educate, to inform, to engage around the subject. We're seeing regulatory change. Uh, Singapore alone, you know, they're updating their carbon tax from $5 a, a ton of carbon to $25 a carbon in the next couple of years, and then it's going up to between 50 and 80 tons. So that that's a trend. Um, yeah, so regulation, multi, uh, multilateral agreements. So you had the United Nations, um, IPC report, the Paris Agreement, the SDGs. These are all 
countries now that are coming together and signing and putting great pressure that's now kind of like this trickle down movement so there's a lot of pressure for organizations it's coming from from all regions mm-hmm. sometimes it's uh you know driven by values and purpose and principles as well we often talk about ray anderson's uh example from the 90s with interface inc that you know is one of the, the progressive thought leaders in the space he talks about reading a book and having this spear to the heart moment and so some awareness around the subjects and really um, understanding the, the critical need for this can just be a personal leadership value to say actually mm. I can start um, rather than being reactive you know to compliance and regulatory change I can actually take a lead and be a, a leading kind of contributor and build mm. resilience into my organization so that I'm not left behind. So are there any frameworks available for SMEs to operationalize sustainable transformation and cultural changes? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah, I think um, I, I, there are various frameworks. One that jumps to my mind very quickly is the sometimes labeled the five R's, which came from the waste zero waste movement, you know, over the last 20 years and is, is resurfacing and becoming quite impactful. Um, and this is uh, almost in chronological order of sort of uh, importance and starting points. So the first one which is overlaid now is rethink. So we need to update our, our mindsets, our awareness around the, the, the complex uh, subjects around sustainability, completely change the way that we think about the world, our economic systems, you know, the products, the, the pollution that we're putting out into the world, the products that we're putting out into it, how we engage as an international and local community. So rethink, uh, then refuse. Do I actually even need to do this activity? Do I need to put out this product? Do I need the third or the fourth layer of packaging? Um, you know, so re- yeah, refusing some of these items, reducing, actually reducing the, the energy and the material impact out to the world. Um, so thinking as much as possible aware we have these reduction, it could be reduction of CO2, reduction of energy, reduction of waste, water, lots of reductionist activity happening at the moment. Um, and then uh, reuse, so actually keeping products and materials in our economic system as long as possible. So this could be, the, again, the type of products that we're using that aren't just throwaway. Maybe we update our product portfolio a little bit. Maybe we innovate. Maybe we engage with our uh, supply chain, our suppliers, in order to be able to put reusable products. This is creating a lot of opportunity uh, for businesses as well to create secondary markets. We see a lot of like high-end fashion, automobile industries, for example, innovating with technology to keep products alive rather than putting them to waste and into uh, incineration. And then the final one uh, is recycle, you know, uh, as kind of a last effort. Um, if not rotting, you know, and putting back into the ground in a kind of regenerative way. But our recycling levels are very low, so it's something that we do drastically need to improve. So that's that's one um, kind of guiding framework. Paolo IT has a transformation framework that we guide. So again, if you're having support from coaches, from consultancies, often they'll have a method that typically can be a process of getting clarity on why and the, the real reason for change, getting commitment at all levels of the organization, understanding your current state, doing some baseline assessments, visioning the future ideal state and then maybe the next step, and then also executing with agility and, and high delivery um, ways of working, as well as updating the culture, embedding the mindset and the, the elements. I might also point to B Corp as a, as a great uh uh, framework for assessing, becoming certified, joining a community around businesses as a force for good. Um, Paolo IT was the first Singaporean tech uh, B Corp certified company. 
and it's a huge movement in the US and, and in Europe. And so that has uh, some guiding criteria. We've used it to quite good effect to hold ourselves as, to account as a company and also to learn and engage with the broader community. Great, great. These are helpful references for companies to start their sustainability transformation journey. So technology can also be a powerful tool to accelerate sustainable transformation. And we understand Sasgain has developed an app aimed at promoting more sustainable behaviors among employees within organizations. Could you tell us more about it, Caroline? Yeah, yes, sure, sure. So, well, corporates often come to us with problem statements such as, we need to reduce the waste generated in our office. But then they say we are stuck, right? So they tell us, we came up with a waste reduction strategy. We put up recycling bins on all of the floors. We hung up posters. Uh, maybe we provided our employees with reusable lunch boxes, but it's not working. Our waste generated is just rather increasing than going down. So what are we doing wrong or what shall we do, right? So the thing is that implementing new sustainability initiatives is um, a change management process. And I'm sure Paul would understand this very well, right? So it, it requires individuals to be engaged, to change habits and ultimately form new behaviors. And so um, at Saskin, we consider ourselves almost like a fitness trainer to help people kickstart this process, right? So what the app does, it nudges you to do micro tasks. Uh, for example, in the context of recycling, it might be uploading a picture of the item that you're recycling and then getting feedback on whether it's the right item, whether you did it correctly, and then ping, you earn points for it. Um, for recycling, oftentimes we see actually it's not a matter of people don't wanting, wanting to do it, but it's a matter of not knowing how to do it right. So by getting feedback on whether you do it right, you can build your confidence in recycling correctly. And also now doing something as mundane as recycling becomes almost like a Pokemon Go experience where you learn how to recycle right and you get rewarded and you feel good every time you do it. So with that, we kind of help, um, you know, like um, even turn like maybe boring sustainability reports that organizations have into fun quizzes or we encourage staff to take the stairs instead of the lift, right? So all of these little items or activities might not sound much, but if you consider them combined and done by hundreds of employees in an organization, they do actually make a difference. So um, also as we drive transformation in organizations, we feel we need to help to everybody to come together. So we create customized communities inside the app where the employees learn how, um, what are our joint community goals, what are we working on as an organization, and then how they, with the individual actions, can be part of it. And then in teams, they can compete with each other on little challenges to basically support the goals and at the same time also for themselves unlock some extra rewards or um, win prizes, right? And this can be sometimes even things like um, getting additional time off or getting a voucher for the cafeteria, right? Something that's meaningful for the employees. So with that, basically we turn sustainability transformation projects into fun team bonding experiences. And at the same time, we also measure um, the impact that we are creating. And with that data that we are getting to running these projects, we also get a lot of insights on what is working, what is not so working so well, how can we further improve so that we keep getting better in what we do. So in a nutshell, this is what we do. Yeah, thanks. That sounds very fun. <laughs>
So Paul, is there any other technology that can be leveraged to accelerate sustainable transformation? Yeah, I, I love what uh, Caroline and Suskane is doing because it's gamify. It's using technology to gamify, to incentivize, to energize. You know, to create social uh, interaction around this. I was recently reading a report from a coffee organization that incentivized their, their customers to recycle um, some of their coffee products, and they gamified it through prize draws. And even the, their data showed, even when they re removed the prize draws, the recycling levels remained the same. So it just shows actually you can internalize the habit, but sometimes we need that little bit of support to get going. Uh, at Palo IT, we've come to look at it in a, in a couple of ways. One, there is sustainability by IT. So how technology can support the, um, you know, improving our sustainable future and then sustainability of IT. And I, I mentioned the latter one as well, because it's really important that sustainability sometimes does have a cost. We think about virtual work, working in the cloud, working online, but actually there are 34 billion devices now worldwide. There's infrastructure, there's data centers, um, you know, the data traffic. And so um, whilst IT itself accounts only for 4% of global CO2 emissions. It's actually growing at 6 to 8% a year and therefore um, is expected to double within the next decade. So this is another area that we need to get a grapple on. But a lot of the science and the research, including you know international reports like IPCC, shows that IT is actually playing a really important role. It's part of the solution. It's not the entire solution. Part of it is actually you know reducing and minimizing and getting closer back to nature. But areas where tech is supporting, things like actually helping to measure and reduce our um, carbon and energy and you know waste and pollution there are innovate innovative technologies that are supporting in the supply chain um, from trans transportation where co2 and energy can be quite heavy you know we see the electric vehicle movements um, all the way through to improving tech around you know end of life and um, yeah kind of removing things going into waste and pollution but for smaller sort of organizations there are um, you know, some, there are increasingly tools online that are helping to measure and understand around the subject. Technology is helping with our learning. There's lots of online free learning modules now that are becoming available. So actually learning online, connecting with uh, internationally around the subject. The fact that we're able to have this conversation virtually and not travel into an office, you know, to record it or to work, I think is one key thing. We do need to keep in mind that sometimes, you know, we, we sit, we're all sitting at home now. We've all got our aircon on. We're accessing the fridge and cooking and having kettles for tea. Then we need to really understand the holistic picture and are we having a detrimental benefit or, or a cost. Um, Technology in terms of connecting us across our supply chain and stakeholders is a, is a key big area. And then some innovative technology like blockchain is really coming in and being quite disruptive um, around building trust against complex systems, uh, decentralizing power, giving agency to people, building security and resilience into the system. Uh, so those are a, a few key areas where I'd see technology uh, playing a part. So here's my last question for the both of you. What are some practical tips for SMEs looking to embark on a sustainable transformation journey? Caroline, would you like to go first? Sure, sure. Maybe I have only one tip, <laughs> which is um, start small. Um, really, this kind of uh, transformation is a marathon and not a sprint. And um, it's really um, advisable to start to identify first which are the low-hanging fruits, the things that are easy to implement but yet have a meaningful impact. So, for example, it might be 
maybe considering to offer your clients a package-free option or getting your team to do some community work, etc. But it's really about, you know, like um, doing something that you can commit to over a long, sustained period of time and that you can follow through so that you can, I would say, generate positive results very early on Will, which give you the boost and the confidence and the maybe also stakeholder support to keep going and, and, and tackling more complex pro problems that you might face. Because I think um, sustainability inevitably comes with a lot of complexity. And oftentimes we tend to overload ourselves and want to start with the maybe biggest problem in the first place. And then we kind of get stuck. We don't manage to get through and then we... Um, Pull this, uh, put this all overboard altogether. So I think really um, taking it step by step, taking it slow, trying to do the things that are you know like easy to implement first, and then slowly building on it would be my one recommendation. I'm sure Paul has more. <laughs> I I mean I fundamentally agree. Yeah, start small, start now. You know the trend is only going in one direction. I, it might some of the regulatory pressure and things are, are hitting the larger companies more. Yeah, this is only going in one direction, and I think uh, being on the forefront of it actually mitigates some of the risk as a company. Start now, start small. Yeah, we have this principle in the agility movement, ways of working, which is think big, start small but learn fast. So, you know, reduce, reduce those feedback loops, iterate, experiment, um, try not to be overwhelmed. I would say it can be quite um, anxiety inducing, the whole subject, you know, this poly uh, crisis and world coming to an end type rhetoric is not always helpful. But I think we, whilst we need to face into the seriousness of that, um, there's also something around connecting into community and ecosystem and learning from others. We really need to invest in learning and awareness and, and you know, shifting mindsets. So um, if you're an organization or a business leader, bring your organization, your staff, your colleagues on this journey, look for opportunities to give them agency in the subject, invest in some of their learning around the subject so they can bring ideas uh, that's most connected to their work, that's most relevant to the market. I would say uh, communicate with transparency, we have this term around green washing, but equally there is this term and phrase around green hushing where organizations are increasingly worried because it's a complex subject and we might get it wrong or we might be called out. But I think if we embrace uh, engaging our stakeholders and our customers with a level of confidence, be honest where we are on the journey, nobody has all of the answers. Nobody's getting this right at the moment. Nobody's perfect. So I think, um, yeah, experiment, start now communicate and engage with others and just be honest and transparent around where we are on the journey but maybe added to that is start with carbon right carbon is a critical we need to get you know this below 1.5 degrees uh, uh temperature increases you know or not far from that and there are some simple tools online free and readily available reach out we can help you with that um that can help you measure individually um, it's a little bit more complex depending on the structure and size of your organization, but uh, you can, and also tools that are looking at your IT carbon state and so specific areas of your business. But yeah, start building your awareness around that and just really think around how we can contribute to the carbon reductions and building awareness and kind of community as we go. Great, great. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you, Paul and Caroline, for the wonderful insights shared. Really nice chatting. Thanks Thank for having you. us. It was a lovely session. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for joining Lazada Insider. 
This is the Zana Insider. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you click follow and subscribe so you don't miss our latest insights and expert interviews. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, take care. La 